I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcast episode 22 of season 5. We are back after a short break. Well, now we went on a break. John now that we're there. back in the country. <laughs> I'm back in the country. George is back in the country. John, did you go anywhere? Yeah, I went to uh, West Ham. Oh, excellent. Well done. At least Some, someone is. Someone's got to keep going. My yeah, name's George. I'm here with Sean. Hello, Sean. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, George. And I'm here with John. Hello, John. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. Excellent. Uh, we're going to talk about West Ham again. West We've got Ham. three games to cover and an exciting interview with Jack Collison, who uh, we made an announcement on Saturday that he'll be retiring from professional football. Yeah. And Sean caught up with him on Saturday afternoon. So I did, yeah. Hot off the press. Literally, just after full time, we were both watching uh, the West Ham uh, Norwich match. And just after full time, I spoke to him. Wicked. That's coming up later. So first off, we are talking about the Villa match. Seems like a long time ago now. The villains. Uh, we won two 0 It was a Tuesday night under the floodlights at Upton Park. Not many of them left, and uh, we won two 0 yeah. We started uh, the m- first talking point. Really, was the sending off, wasn't it? The Jordan Ayew disgusting elbow. Criminal it was. Criminal act. Assault. Yeah, it I'd was. Say it was. It was. It was a sending off. There wasn't it very definitely much was. about it, was there? Uh, but I think that, you know, had they had any chance before that, it would certainly gone when they lost their best striker. They started off well, didn't they? They did. So we had a good chance right in front of us, like in the first minute, didn't we? Mm. we yeah, who was it? Was it across the Valencia. Pie across the ball, yeah, and I think it hit Valencia in the chest <laughs> and sort of bounced out instead of going in. Yes. We made hard work of it, though, first half. We did, we? yeah. And uh, well, I was watching my shorts. In you were watching in your shorts? I was, yeah. With the Tenerife Hammers? I was watching with the Tenerife. And hello to the Tenerife Hammers, if you're listening. The who? The Tenerife Hammers. Hammers? In the, the theatre bar, just off uh, Places Americas in Garden City. And yeah, watching with my fellow Hammers in the Tenerife bar. Nice. And did you buy a T-shirt? 
I did, yeah. Did you? <laughs> I did buy one of those T-shirts, yeah. They're good. Should have worn it tonight. Yeah, well, we could give it away in the uh, the prize. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I probably won't wear it again. Uh, we quick start attack then. 25 shots, six on target. They had five shots, two on target. So the extra man helped us dominate the game. We had 68% possession with 32% their way to the villains. Which is rare for us, by the way, because if you've noticed, and we'll see on the next two stat attacks, we tend to have the minority of possession, whether we're home or away, most of this season. We don't tend to dominate possession. Have you noticed that, John? I can't say I've found it a particular concern. No, but it and, and it's often, you know, we've got 47, 48% around there. But it, it is a... Uh, it's it's very rare that we dominate possession as we did against Aston Villa, which is probably one of the reasons they're going down. And they were down to 10 men. They were all down to 10 men, but what are a, a good point of the match, and I, I think you can see it with the stats, where that we had 25 shots, uh, only six, six on, target. on target. You thought, <laughs> it's not going to be our day. I did at one point think, if we can't beat a 10-man Villa... Can we really push for the top six? To be fair, we you know well, we have got you know what's the name Sacco coming back and Lanzini coming back shortly, but I don't think we've been in the best of form. No, Mark yeah. Lawson said that he said they're not playing very well, which is why he puts down for a two 0 loss against Norwich. Norwich. I don't take any. You notes were at, you were that. at the game actually bothered turning up to the ground. Of the Villa match. Of the Villa match, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. go? Yeah, we did. We d- we did. Went yeah. well. Yeah. It was, was it? Yeah, it was good. It was, was good. The atmosphere, all right. The best atmosphere ever. Oh, you sure. say that every time I don't. Yeah, know. it was really good night. It's was really, it? Yeah, it's one of the best nights ever. You know, it's one, not many of those like special nights left, is there? No. But those evening games at Upton Park. Well, there, I will there, come there, to the Spurs one. There was another one. We'll be coming to the Spurs one. There was another one while you were away. You missed that as well. Didn't Which you? one? The Liverpool one. Yeah. It was. So did George. He was in Iceland. Yeah, they spe- but he came to but the first one. You know, there's not only just so many of these special nights left, Sean. <sighs> but anyway, yeah, I was there for all of them. They was really good, They're especially <laughs> the Liverpool one. Well, d- to be honest, let's be fair about this. You don't really like going to the evening matches. M- last season, you moaned and groaned and missed evening matches because you can't be asked to go into London. Because you don't work London. in London. He is, he is right. And you there, often don't usually like moan stay about out late. Evening games. Don't like stay out late. <laughs> you don't. I don't mind staying I out late. I went to extra time on the Liverpool game. I thought, oh, I get up early. <laughs> I get up early. And I, it, sometimes it's a bind when it's freezing cold and I've been out in the cold Way all day. Way past your bedtime for the Liverpool game. It is a bit of a bind sometimes to get up there when it's cold and I'm cold all day. But when you come to the last season at the Bowline and there's... You know, only so many of these special nights left. You do everything within your power to attend every one of these games. Yeah, not me. As you can. I've moved on to Olympic Stadium already. Just before we finish off the villain game. How sad is that? Um, penalty appeal against Antonio looked looked a fair shout. that They missed out on a penalty. Yeah, I suppose if it was against us, we'd want a penalty for something like that. <laughs> but they don't seem to be giving those, do they? We're no matter that was one of those yesterday as well, wasn't they? They seemed yeah. to be people were getting like the ball whacked at them and it's hitting their arms. Well, it seemed to be there was movement with the Antonio one. You could oh. see movement. I don't think he moved towards it, but he he spun his head away and yeah. swung his arm round. So, and and another Antonio goal as well in that match. 
Yeah, yeah he's done well. Good. He had a good game. Yeah, he's done well. Yeah. So shall we move on to the FA Cup replay against Liverpool? Oh, what a night that was. Oh, what a night. <laughs> Who went there? Who that, went? that was Now, that was one of those special nights. Did you watch it, Sean? Well, yes and no. <gasps> Didn't even watch it. Let me tell you why. Um, I please, land, please do. I landed back at Gatwick at 7.45 as we kicked off. And it was fine. While we were on the tarmac, I was watching it. I got 4G. I was watching it, streaming it to my phone. Um, but as we then got to passport control and everything, you're not allowed to do that. So I had to switch over to... Um, it was difficult to do as you're walking along through the airport. So I, I then switched over to... What, what radio station was it? Oh, a 505 Live. 909 Radio 5 Live. <laughs> 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 Rubbish for them. Uh, I listened to it on the radio. But I did get home for the second half and then watched the second half in the extra time on the stream. Nice. But yeah. Um, so first half, I was, I was a bit preoccupied, but... But did listen to it. Well, I watched it in a bar in Iceland in Reykjavik, full of Liverpool fans. Yeah, I, I did like your picture afterwards with the man looking down. Yeah, well, I didn't. I don't actually know what that statue was, but yeah, yeah you disrespected yeah, I know, uh, this was national was hero a, of Iceland. To Catherine after I tweeted it out, and everyone was tweeting me back and retweeting it and things. It might be like some sort of memorial for someone. Yeah, <laughs> the people who died in the Holocaust, the the Iceland Holocaust. <laughs> Uh, I do apologise. I, I, I really do apologise. <laughs> but now the man's back in the country, having been away for seven days or whatever it was, he's <laughs> sort of lost his senses. Yeah. Anyway, talk, um, talk about the game itself. I, I thought tough uh, game. Yeah, I thought we were tough lucky. Tough game. Uh, I thought we were lucky, but we should have had a penalty for certain in yeah. extra time. I think it was an absolute blatant penalty and how the linesman or referee didn't see that, I'll give that. The referee was absolutely frustrating. It was awful. Absolutely awful, the ref. Well, um, I, I've no, I don't think I've ever seen a more blatant penalty than that. You know, yeah. the ball was literally put in front of him yeah, for a tap-in. Just, just pulled him back. And he's fallen over and he's clearly had his arm pulled back. If, why, why would he not no. kick it if he wasn't fouled? Yeah. We, we were kicked out of our seats. I was up in the Bobby Moore upper and that was right in front of us. Did you enjoy the Bobby Moore upper? It was all right. Did you stand up or sit down? No, I had to sit down. Ooh, that was a bit of a... Was that weird? It was a bit weird. It was weird. a bit strange, but sitting down watching football. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And you were invited into a box. I was, but... You I were invited into a box with Nigel Kahn, Bianca Westwood, Dan Silver, Ian Dale, uh, David Hulsig, and a few other people. And you said, no, I want to keep it real. I want to be with the. I'd already public. booked my tickets with other put with other friends other than yourself. You said I don't want to be the media lovey, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been my scene either. Media, it, w it wouldn't have been your scene, would it? No, it wouldn't have been to eat prawn sandwiches with the, the media lovey. I don't think I would have enjoyed that. But anyway, yeah. that said, I reckon you would have. The game, the game was, was, it was a tough game. They done really well, Liverpool. To be fair, with their mixture of. Uh, like their sort of youth team players and their sort of coming back from injury players, Coutinho done well. Well, Coutinho, I mean, the the goal, I mean, should we have worked that out? What, how do you defend against that? That, uh, you know, everybody that, jumps up. And that happens every now and again. Just, just Did you just get lucky? 
yeah, it, you do get lucky. It happens every now and again. I mean, our goal was great. It was a great goal. Really good finish. Antonio's finish, yeah. It was really yeah. good. It was a good goal. Another but good goal from Antonio. He's certainly paying that £7 million asking price. Yeah. Pyatt, Pyatt had another pretty much ineffective game yeah. right until the death. Um, it's what the best players so when do, was, though. Uh, try and remind me, when was the um, Antonio goal? Just before half-time. The volley. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember the volley, but it was just before half-time. Just before half-time, then about two or three minutes straight after the second beginning of the second half, they equalised. Yeah, straight as they came out, yeah. And then when they brought Sturridge on, I thought, here we <sighs> go, because he always scores against us. But he couldn't... I mean... He was dancing around doing his little tippy tappy side I mean, steps. The worst thing, I think even worse than Sturridge, is Benteke. Thirty-two million pounds. And his confidence must be shot because he can't I shoot. Can't, for I, I don't know how he didn't score that one on How one. did he? He should have scored a hat trick, shouldn't he? Well, he, he Randolph done really well. Yeah, Randolph. No, 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 Randolph. Was, he was man of the match for me, yeah, Randolph. He done, he done really well again. Can I ask a question about Randolph to you two? Someone asked me this. Go on then, Sean. And ask away. And uh and actually said, should we do a poll on this? And I said, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think so. And someone said, who should be the first choice keeper? Should it be Adrian or should it be Dan, Darren Randolph? I think Randolph's unlucky not to have been starting more. From what, what given his performance. But, but I'm talking about day in, day out, first choice keeper. Well, it just completely depends on form. You can say that about any player. Well, you, you've seen the form of Darren Randolph in the cup games. and you've seen. I've just said form. I think he's unlucky not to be number one. When he started, you would make him number one if if you if you were manager. That's I probably would have if after the first leg, right? First replay. First when he started play. in the European campaign, he looked a bit shaky to me. But what I've seen of him on this cup run, he looks. He made one mistake, if I remember rightly, at the Liverpool game, and he got away with it. I don't remember. But that. he made about twelve good saves. A lot of them he were did. at the back post. So what would you so I'll well. ask you the same question? Would you put Randolph ahead of? In the league game, put Randolph ahead yeah, of Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. See, I'm They're not, I'm different not, keepers, aren't they? I'm not, so, not so keen on this playing one keeper for the Cups and you know another keeper for the league. You know, what, what's going to happen if we do make it further into the competition well, when we start if, playing if George is right, then he's good enough keeper for the final. But um, We're only 180 minutes, by the way, from Wembley semi-finals. Yeah. Just remember I that, know. boys. Well, got to beat anyway. Blackburn first. That's not going to be yeah, easy. Yeah, we've got is to it? Let's beat Blackburn it. away, and then we've got to beat who's left in it. So we That's won the Liverpool game right at the death. It was Big great. Head of Mog Bonner. It was great. They tell you what was even better because they kick us out. They kick us out of our seats, and they when they give all the yeah, seats six away. Six thousand. Did they sell the whole six thousand? Yeah, they had. They had the whole of the end. So that's all of us lot out there. Yeah, and we are a large proportion of the standing up, singing part of the crowd. So as a consequence, there wasn't a great deal of singing. It uh, wasn't the best night ever on Thursday. It was all <laughs> the best all was, atmosphere it ever. It was a lot of Liverpool and a lot of their usual sort of crap that they sing. Mm. So well, they'd all come locally from London. Yeah, they? they're, they're most of them from London. Yeah, as we know that when we <laughs> go to Anfield on on we're, we're always going to Anfield. Yeah, twice when we go to Anfield, <laughs> um, the, the train is always full of. Uh, yeah, London's Liverpool fans. So I think that's something that they should look at when we get to the new stadium is how they the positioning of the way fans. I think they've well, given think them too good of a position. I well, think they should find them up in the it gods. It's only where the natural. I mean, as you know, they're not far away. We're going to be in section one one three. They've given a small sliver 
of the downstairs and then a larger bit of the upstairs because that's where the natural boundaries and division will go. So that's why they had to do it like that. But yeah. um, So just, just about that goal... I mean, everybody, I, I'd settle for penalties, and I'm sure you had, George. Yeah, I th well, I wouldn't say I'd settled for it. Well, I, I just, I I just didn't see anything of it. Expecting it. But yeah. when that cross came in, or free kick, sorry, came from Payet, it, you probably saw they were marking Andy Carroll to death. Well, I was, talk and completely I was talking over it. I was talking over it going, Andy Carroll's head, Andy Carroll's head, go on. Andy Carroll's and head. when the ball went in, I went, oh, it's a rubbish ball, because it had missed him completely. Yeah. An old border towered above him. He and did. He just got up great. at the right time. It was great. Good, good. And um, it was great. Good respect. I'll tell you what. Um, what a I way to win. I bet, did it go crazy in the. Yeah, in the it did. You went crazy everywhere. And then. Did you stand up? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Did. Tell you what. I Stood up. I see afterwards, it was on Twitter, um, Travis Sinclair tweeted, not even a refereeing decision could have stopped that one or something like that because the ref had been so poor. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. time do you get home? It's like know. two degrees. I don't know. We're minus seven in Iceland. Was it? What? Um, I don't know. Midnight. It mu yeah, it must have been about midnight. The train's still running. Yeah, they were. To Surrey. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> uh, so, moving on to a game that's a bit fresher in our memories. Uh, it happened on Saturday. We went 2 0 down away at Norwich and battled back for a 2 all draw. The Canaries. Uh, quick stat attack. I'm going to talk about the games. We had 48% possession, 52% for them. Had 11 shots, 6 on target. They had 13 shots with 3 on target. So a very even match, according to the stats, really. So they had more shots on target. Uh, Sean, did you watch this one? I did, yeah. Uh, Jordan and I watched it. We did. I watched and it uh, on um, Irish TV, streaming yeah. directly from We uh, thought... I thought first half, we uh, were the better team. Although they finished it stronger, I thought. Really? I thought they did. I thought, I thought we, were, I thought we were a better team in the first half. Did you not? No. I thought it was a really scrappy game. I was doing some commentary for Clarent Hugh, and I just thought <coughs> no one was really getting into it. No one team was dominating more than the other, and, and I think, you know. That's why neither was scoring a goal. They were just the final ball just was rubbish from both sides. It was just going backwards and forwards in possession, and there was no desire there. So no, I wouldn't agree with you. Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> so, so I was, I was saying all about opinions. I was yeah, saying okay. to you when I, I mean, we Norwich are bottom three. We why don't why don't we go to these places and have more of a go at them? You know why don't there any one and an old Slav put us old give us, slab. give us two up front now and have a go at these teams. But to be fair, Norwich came out. If you remember, in the first ten minutes, they just came out really ten million miles an hour. They were really going for it. They, they obviously were told to come out and go for it. We were just happy to soak it up and do what we've done from the beginning, which is get them on the counter. But on the and that seemed to be our strategy: on get them on the break and 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 try and nick something, and then. Fall back to your dugouts and, and defend again. When we came back into the game, it was when he went, he, he threw on all the attackers and we went for it. Yeah. And that's when we came back into the well, game. Mo Moses and Carroll changed the game. Well, Mo I, I, Moses I specifically yeah, changed Victor the game. Moses definitely changed the game. And old Emaniki could have won the game. Well, what did I tell you about Emaniki? 
What did you tell what us? Did you tell us about Abenaki Shaw? Well, you what did I say? And you said, you know, I said, what a waste of money, etc. I'm not going to do about the alleged things and the stuff uh, that was involved in the past because it's been in the paper today about his former match fix and everything. Uh, but all I'll say is, strange he didn't score that goal. <laughs> strange he didn't. Strange he didn't. You know, it's almost comical the way he scrabbled around with his feet on the ground to just try and, oh, damn, I didn't score a goal. Yeah, it was. It, he sort of controlled it, didn't he, rather than uh, yeah. kicking it. I'm not, I'm not accusing him of anything because that would be wrong. But I'm just saying, just saying. I would say that's more to do with the fact that he probably was match sharp or match fit. But when is he? You know, with Sacco coming back, I've said this before. Well, he's just cover. He is just cover. He's cover for Yelovich. Hasn't Yelovich gone out today? He, he's gone out to China. For one and a half million quid we got back instead of we were going to release him on a three, so we got one and a half million quid back. Said in the paper in the mail. Nine something. million. It was yeah. four it's wrong. Four Everyone million. keeps saying nine million, don't they? Nine million is his wages. He's on sixty grand a week. I promise you. I'm saying I a four mil fee. Four mil fee. We it's got. wrong as well. I promise you. One and a half million. We paid two million to hold. He wouldn't lie we're to you, John. We're losing five hundred grand on the deal, which is fine. We didn't get four million. I don't know where the mail and stuff like this come up because a lot of people say nine million today, and that's his wages. They don't know. I do. Right. Anyway. Story. You know, you know everything, Sean. Ereniki is just cover, isn't he? He's shit. Uh, Dimitri Fire <laughs> had a quiet day. You've written it, or quiet day? You've written here, Sean. He did have a quiet day, didn't he? And and his, his effort all. Mark Noble summed it up in his post-match interview. I think he said that he had probably one of the quietest games he's ever had on the ball. Yeah. But he still come up with an assist and a goal. Exactly. So that so. just shows the quality of him. That you know he had quite a. As we say, quite similar, similar, similar against Liverpool, making. really, wasn't it? Great goal, great assist, and um, a good finish. His good, bo- both goals. The question were good we've goals. been asking fans all week, um, and we did a Clarence and Hugh poll on this. What after seven months did he deserve a new contract? Of you know, he was on sixty-eight grand a week. He stays on the same basic. He gets a twenty-five grand per performance increase plus a one million pound bonus signing on fee. That means he's earning over a hundred grand, hundred and six grand a week for the next year, and then eighty-seven grand a week, the four and a half years after that, which makes him the highest-paid player. Should we have given him another contract just seven months in? What's the point of having a contract if you're going to redo it after? I seven d- I'm, I'm surprised they gave him another contract when they did. I would have thought they would have negotiated the new contract deal for the summer and just got him to sign up yeah. there. And I was surprised whether and. Where did this China bid stuff come from? His That's agent. Bollocks. Bollocks. His agent come forward with that. And well, his agents are there to try and yeah. put up the deal and everything. But um, and peop- some people have said, look, he should play for the shirt. And I think those days are gone, let's be honest with you. You know, football, all footballers, whether they be foreign or, or English or Scottish, whatever, they're mercenaries. They do it for the money and their agents are going to fight for the best money they can. And that's just part of the game now. Apart from Mark Noble. Well, Mark Noble's still on 50 grand a week, right? When he negotiated his five-year deal, we didn't go, don't worry, money's not that important, you know. I don't need a rise. I'll just stay on my current money. So, no, George, he still was interested in money as well. Yeah, but he hasn't moved anywhere Although he has money. given the money away from his upcoming testimonial to um, 
well, what's his name? Tom Beads, uh, Dylan Tom Beads uh, charity and another charity. We need uh, you. The hospice one. We need you, Sean. We went, we went on the uh, uh, farewell bowling tour yesterday. Yeah. And the guy was telling us that we need to keep an eye on the press and on the website and things because the Mark Noble testimonial date is subject to change. Yeah, if he gets called for England. No. No, due to railway due works. Due to railway works. Oh, really? Yeah. So we need you to keep an eye on that oh, for right. us. That's news to me. Thanks. That's you can write an article news. about that. I'll write an article about that later on. Thanks, John. You could have told me about this beforehand. He didn't say... Did he, which railway line did he say? So it was a major one into... I don't know. But he said it's likely, it's, it's quite possible that it will move. Okay. Right. Thanks regardless. Regardless That's of the exclusive call-up. Exclusive on uh, more than just a podcast. There you go. So, can you answer that question? Is did Payet deserve a pay rise after just seven months? I don't care. It's not your money. Not my money. I want him to play football for West Ham. Just to say, that money could have played for another quite decent player. So yeah, well, we'll see. How do you know? I'm just I'd saying. rather keep him and keep him happy. Yeah. That's what I my overall. Even though 21 percent said they shouldn't have given him a deal, 79 percent uh, said they should. At the end of the day, it's about keeping him happy and probably keeping his agent happy. And a happy player is a successful player. Uh, so his goal was good against Norwich. I thought yeah. he, he took it, finished quite well off. Good work by Moses. And uh, obviously he assisted Noble's screamer. Yeah, Great goal, a, Noble. Which was a uh, great goal. Smashed it effort into the top right-hand corner. You know, for all his criticism. Uh, look, you know... Who's criticism? Well, some people do criticise Mark Noble and give him grief, but I think it's one of his best seasons. I agree. And, you know, he certainly deserves a call for England, as you'll hear later from the interview with Jack Collison. And um, I think... Um, oh, he deserves a call for England. I'd rather he didn't. Though. He won't get it either. But I think... I, I haven't watched it that much today because I can't stand Roy Hodgson. But I think from what I've heard and what I've, I've read is that he was quite disrespectful. Roy Hodgson, what he said about him. Yeah, he did say something. I can't he, he wasn't, I was, he, was, he was just a bit like, well, you can do it. Gary Lineker and Shearer said, Mark Noble, is he, is he in your plans for an England call-up? And he said, well, when it comes to midfield, I'm happy with what I've got, basically. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Just sort of like, you know. No, like, no. Just sort of like, oh, no matter what you do, you're never going to get called up for England midfield. For England, yeah. But he, this is the guy who's called in Shelby and Colback and Mason, Mason when they've had a good game for other teams. Yeah, consistently, Noble has produced. You know, he's not he's not a, a world beater, but he's he's on par <coughs> with those other players. But do you know what? Yeah, a lot of, when you really break it down with some of our wins, you look at it. Mark Noble was involved in a lot of the passes. He is, he's an engine, around. isn't he? And and do you know what? And you're, it's obvious step. Who who ha- is the most accurate passer in the West Ham team? Mark Noble. Mark Noble. <laughs> well done. His accuracy <laughs> was is way up there. It's like 92%. Even Payet's about 88%. But when you look at it, the most number of passes, the most accuracy of passes, Mark Noble is number one in both of those. And both passes, most accurate passes. I was listening to the radio the other night and um, Robbie Savage said that you know he, he thinks that Mark Noble is a more consistent player than Shelby. Yeah. He does the same work as Shelby does. He's more consistent. Shelby gets a call up. Colbeck, when he got moved to Newcastle, gets a call up. I mean he's just he's not even ever had a call up at no, you know, had a look at 
Anyway, Roy, if you're listening, you're no asshole. ball for England. We. Hashtag no ball for Roy. England. Uh, the one thing I want to discuss on this that we haven't discussed that was a talking point was Antonio. He had a very he bad gave game. The, uh, yeah, he had a bad game. He gave a ball away cheaply, which cost us the first goal. And I was saying, uh, I say on the, 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 you know, to Jack, um, Jack Collison about, you know, do games like that affect the confidence of a player like that? Because, you know, it's a big stage, the Premier League. And he had a sh- pretty much a shocker of the game and cost us a goal. So he just brush that off? How does that affect a young guy's confidence? Well, it'll be... It sh- he should be able to just brush it off. That'll be the mark of a professional... He's had... He's had strong character. It, was, it wasn't It was his best performance, but he's had some very good performances and scored some good goals. So, But um, I was just saying... You, you move know. on, don't you? Surely. Hopefully. That's how he got to where he is already, I would have thought, by, by unable to do all that sort of stuff. Well, we shall, we shall see... Because I'm sure he will be back for the Blackburn game. Blackburn. We shall see. So, Sean, could you introduce the next part, please? Yeah, sure, sure. Let's hear what the gaffer has to say. Slavon, what does that tell us about your team, the manner of your fight back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2? It's a, it's a great team spirit and great character, but also the quality. Because you don't play like this, like mm, this half an hour that we that we played uh, at the end of the game, uh, you don't you don't get it only by being positive or never give up or spirit. You need a quality that we that we showed really good, and especially uh, that this this game was after a Tuesday night game that was like 120 minutes and all that uh, to show that kind of uh, strength and uh, resilience and uh, character and quality uh, that makes us happy. Uh, I think that, uh, to be fair, we, we they are good side and they are very direct side and all that, uh, very physical with the quality, uh, but we gave them first goal was a kind of a big mistake that you basically can't do, especially in a premiership. The second goal came very soon after that and that goal was unlucky one whether that was offside or not I don't know I, I have to see it again but it was unlucky one but then suddenly you are 2 nil down but as we said we didn't give up we made some changes to be fair all guys they, they deserve credit and uh, mm, respect but especially three guys who came from the bench they made a huge impact yes I was going to ask that the, the three substitutions that you made it just gave everybody a little lift didn't it yeah yeah I mean we know what Andy is capable of, but it was also Victor and Emmanuel who were running direct on them, who were going on those flicks from Andy, and that gave, that put them a little bit back, back towards their box, which gave space for Dimitri, Mark Noble, Pedro Biang, and uh, well, to be fair, uh, last half, last half an hour we were, we were brilliant. To be fair. It could be argued, couldn't it? If the game was 10 minutes longer, you'd have probably got a winner. Yeah, but then in the last second, we could have conceded a goal from the corner. I mean, you have to count with the corners, but after that, uh, we wanted to g- the game to continue because uh, we were a much better team uh, from the moment when we scored 
then we were a much better team. In the first half, we played some good football, but we didn't penetrate. Uh, they played because they needed a win. They played with high risk. Uh, and so it was few decisions that, that, uh, about offside that, uh, that I have to see them. But maybe we were running, we were running behind them too early and, and all that. But uh, again, we're never happy with the point. That's what we want to to put into our players, and uh, and we are also now we are not we are not buzzing there. We are happy and all that. It was good performance, but we are never happy with the point. But when that point comes like this, um, then you are two nil down, and after that you showed the quality and the spirit. And uh, after two two, you are you are aiming for a win, and it's basically the home side and the home crowd that were unhappy with five minutes at a time, and they need three points. Uh, that gives you um, self-confidence and that gives you satisfaction from uh, from this game. But there you have it. That was what the gaffer had to say. Talks a lot of sense. What do you think, John? Yeah, I agree with him. With all that, you know, talk yeah, about what, what, what part in particular well, do you agree Well, just talk with? about the character of the players, you know. I agree. When he when he talks about yeah. things like that, I'm 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 right with do, him. Do Do you think the 120 minutes? You, know, well you were a bit tired from. I was tired. Tuesday night, night let so alone the players. They must have been really tired. <laughs> they were actually playing football. They were. <laughs> they, some of them, to be fair, were like dead on their feet. It's hard they work really that, that football football malarkey, isn't it? What do you think of Sam Byram? I think he's very promising. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. yeah, I like the look of. I mean, he, he's made a few mistakes, but then you would expect that because like the way he's a game he of inches, and you he hasn't made any drastic mistakes. He hasn't. Cost us he any goals. I think he got dispossessed in, in one of the games. It might have been Norwich or. I like his composure, his level of composure on the ball, and that will improve as he gets older. And he just so he doesn't get too cocky like John Stones. Yeah, but look, look, what I saw against Norwich. Sorry, going back to Norwich really briefly, is. Uh, old Ginger Collins. At one point, I thought he was the only defender. He was just clearing everything that came. There was way. one bit where he like made <laughs> five headers in a row. In yeah, it or you could think, oh, no, why, ball, why the rest of the defenders even bouncing back and forwards? And he it's was just Ginger winning Collins. Everything. Well, you say that, but I think Ogbonna's done really well, and I think he's really staked to claim now. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he needs to. He yeah. reads out. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Jordan, as I said earlier, you caught up with uh, Jack Collison. Yeah. Earlier. So. Um, it's a, an interview we've been trying to do for a while and, and tying Jack down. And, um, you know, we spoke to Barry Fry, director of football at Peterborough, um, who we know, and we'd spoken to Jack on and off. And it just, every time we'd arranged either, it just wasn't happening to do an interview. Um, and Jack told us he was going to make an announcement. He'd finally made his decision to retire from football, as we, we told you with the Barry Fry one. And... Um, uh, but asked us to hold off a little while because obviously um, he, he wanted to announce it in his, his own time. Um, so he did that on, on Saturday morning uh, of the Norwich game, you know, and it was covered nationally by all the papers. Um, and we'd agreed with him to, to do the, the interview just after full time and we're about quarter to five on on the Saturday. And, and, uh, and I'm really glad. What, what a nice guy. Really looking forward to him. I'm sure he's going to get a warm welcome when he comes back to the Berlin for the testimonial. But here is the latest Claret and Hugh interview. It is Jack Collison. 
And we welcome to more than just a podcast. He's a former West Ham hero and uh, long servant of the club. It's Jack Collison. Hi, Jack. Hi. Emotional day for you, isn't it? Um, you announced your your retirement from playing football today. It's been a tough day. Uh, it's been a little bit of a strange day, to be honest with you. It's been coming a little while, and this. It's just a day that I've, I've finally drawn a line under it and sort of hit it out to the rest of the world. Well, it must. I don't know if you've read all the the outpouring on social media. You know, there's a lot of support there for you. You know, a lot of people share that it's a sad day, but you know, remember you very fondly, certainly in in a West Ham shirt. And um, if if you're indulged us for a minute, maybe you can take a little trip down memory lane before we can talk to what what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I've been overwhelmed by the support I've received today, but um, it, it doesn't surprise me time and time again, especially with the West Ham fans. They've, they've sort of supported me through, through a lot of tricky moments I've experienced in my life up to now. And, and once again, I've, I've had to release something. It's obviously not great news for me personally, but there's been people from, from all over sending messages of support and, and just helping with been a bit of a tricky decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. let's take you back in time um, to your schoolboy days. You're a Watford boy, I understand, if if Wikipedia's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, born, born in Watford, um, grew up in Harrow, and then eventually moved down to Bedfordshire. But where you are now, with, with you know, Peterborough, although you've announced your at the end of your playing career, I understand you're helping out with the coaching and the youth side. We spoke to Barry Fry only a few weeks ago and he warmly spoke about you and tipped you for a, a future manager of Peterborough and, and maybe after that West Ham. <laughs> That's nice of Baz, isn't it? No, to, to be honest, Barry, Barry's been brilliant with me. He's uh, He hasn't rushed me into a decision and, and obviously it must have been a little bit disappointing for him signing me to, to come and play and try and help the team win promotion, but Obviously, I haven't been able to do that. Um, and what's been great is he's kind of took a step back, had a look at the broader picture and, and thought I had something to offer to the younger players, which has been fantastic to me because um, I've always been interested in coaching and eventually one-day management. And I've got a great opportunity at Peter at the moment to, to take the under-18s between now and the end of the season and, and help pass on my knowledge and... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And try and produce some players for Peter United. Yeah, well, it, it all started at Peterborough, didn't it, in, in 1998. What was it? How, how were you spotted? How did you come to end up in Peterborough the first time as in your youth career? I was just playing Sunday league and, and got spotted uh, to go and play a game for the county. Um, we ended up having a game against the Peterborough side and, and there was a scout there and I got invited down for a trial. Um, obviously done enough on the trial to, to get asked to sign full-time and it was great as a nine-year-old to, to go down and, and have your eyes open at a professional academy and for me, it was a real, real nice period of, in my footballing career. When I was only nine years old. They, they treated us like young professionals, and I got some great coaching. And it obviously helped in my development and, and helped push me towards becoming a professional footballer. And at, where, how did you go from there to, to Cambridge? How did that move happen? Uh, well, it was a bit of an unfortunate one. Um, Fever at the time decided they uh, shut down their system. Um, so obviously at 12, 13 years old, I was, I was devastated. Um, but thankfully enough, I ended up going to Cambridge. Had uh, three really good years at Cambridge. A lot of the boys from Peterborough made the move alongside me and a lot of the coaches, so there wasn't too much change there. Um, then believe it or not, Cambridge decided to shut down their youth system at 16 and I ended up getting the opportunity at West Ham. Yeah, well, their, their uh, misfortune was, was our luck because... I think you came to the attention of uh, you, you were offered a trial um, and impressed Tony Carr. Is, is it, was it Tony you first met when um, you were offered your first scholarship? It was actually, uh, I think Kevin King was taking the game actually, and oh, was it? obviously he, he played a massive role in, in my development and my time at West Ham, and, and was one of my and still is one of my favourite coaches I've ever been lucky enough to play for. Um, yeah, it was a friendly game at MK Dons and. I obviously played played well enough to, to get asked to sign. Um, it does help when you score a, a bit of a wonder goal, I suppose. <laughs> Got a bit of a nice goal that game. Um, and then eventually ended up signing and and um, meeting Tony Carr and, and working under Tony for, for two great years. Yeah, and and it not to you know play a small part of that, but it wasn't too long, as you say, two years before you you made it to your first team. What? How did how did that come about? What what had, you know made that jump? Because I think Mark Noble probably came up about the same time as you, didn't he? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Nobs, Nobs was in and around the first team. He was he was uh, obviously a, a massive inspiration for the likes of myself and, and James Tompkins and Junior Stanislavski, like all the younger boys who were trying to make it through at the same time. Um, Nobs had been there and done it, and, and we were all aspiring to to make that breakthrough. Um, and as I mentioned, with, with Tony Carr and, and Kevin Keane sort of pushing you, um, you've got every chance of making that next step. And uh, bit by bit, I sort of made my way from the youth team to youth team captain, then to the reserves, and I got to captain the reserves. And eventually, I, I made the breakthrough from reserve team to first team, and it was great to do it. And what was even better was doing it at such a fantastic club like West Ham. 
uh, New Year's Day 2008, um, internet tells me. Is that right, your your debut? Yeah, yeah, it was actually. Um, and we're better to make it than a, a place like the Emirates. Um, who did you I come in? Let's see if you remember. Who did you come on for and who were you playing? Yeah, oh, you know, the, you said yeah, the Emirates, can, it's Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal, um, Arsenal obviously playing well and leading at the time. And uh, I know Freddie Limburg was struggling before the game. And before I knew it, he was, he was actually coming off the pitch and I was getting prepped to go on. Um, and I've said it a, a couple of times in interviews, um, but the last words I received before I went on were to try and get close to Fabregas, which uh, which was um, one hell of a challenge, but it was a great experience. And although I was pleased that I had made the break for a moment, baby for the first team, I remember coming off the pitch thinking, wow, I've got an awful long way to go before I'm ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, when you look, I've just been watching the game today, and you, you know you feel sorry for Mikel Antonio, who you know who you know got dispossessed, and with the first goal that West Ham conceded today against uh, Norwich, and um, you know you think I hope it doesn't knock his confidence because you know it's a big jump up for you know people from from the Championship or people making that breakthrough. You just hope that when they have a game like that, it just doesn't knock their confidence and you know affects their future games. No, of course, and I, I think he's been a fantastic signing. One thing that Antonio has done since the moment he put the shirt on was work hard. He put his body on the line, he makes tackles, he gets forward, and, and what's been even more pleasing is, is the goals that he scored. It was a great finish against Liverpool, obviously, in the cup. scored a bit of a spawny one that bounced off his body last week, but I think if he keeps applying himself the way he does, there's no doubt he's only going to get better and better. And, hopefully go on to become a big part of West Ham still. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to West Ham. You were offered a five-year contract when five-year contracts weren't that, that common, were they, um, by West Ham? Yeah, no, I was, um, yeah, I was very pleased to sign a, sign a long-term contract with a club where, where I obviously made that breakthrough. And as I said before, it's, it really is a fantastic club and I really felt part of it at the time. And, I wanted to be part of what they were doing for the future because there was a there's a strong feeling around the training ground and around the place that West Ham were just starting to build something a bit special and it was great to be part of it. So, which managers did you did you work under? I know you worked under Zola and obviously you worked you worked under Sam and you must have worked under Avram. Um, yeah, is it wrong with me to ask who your favourite manager was? <laughs> what? I was very fortunate. I've worked under quite a few. Uh, first, who I do would gave us a bit of a taste of it, but I mean, training with the first team regularly. I mean, it took me as a young and to the FA Cup final for the experience, which was great for, for me and James Tompkins at the time to just have a little taste of it and see what it is like. And I think that helped inspire us to, to go back and work even harder. So I was very grateful for Alan Pardew for that. Um, Obviously, Curvishly, Abraham, Zola, Sam Allardyce, they're, they're all very different. Um, for me, I've enjoyed working under Gianfranco Zola the most. Yeah, I'm going to say, he seemed to believe in you. He seemed to really believe in you and gave you your opportunity to shine. Yeah, he, he gave me that. that although I'd made my debut before, he, he really gave me that push. And as you say, that self-belief to go out there and say, right, I belong here, I can do it. And and the opportunity to have a run of games and, and go through it on a regular basis. And that belief he, 
certainly made it to that and tried and harder and wanted to be even better. And I'd say that was probably the period when I played my best football in a West Ham shirt. So what, what, what is your favourite, your, your goal or your moment in, in the West Ham career? Is, can you pinpoint one particular game or one particular goal? Yeah, I, I think always your first goal was a bit special. Um, unfortunately, we lost the game. Um, but that was a great feeling, scoring at the bowling, uh, in front of the home fans. Um, I'd say pro- probably the, the year we got promoted from the Championship, the season as a whole was special. We had a, we had a really good, good group of players, a tight-knit group, and scored a in the semi-final to sort of set us on the way to Wembley and eventually go up that that was a real special period of time and as I said the the whole season was was great to be a part of it it it, it was a great season for us fans as well Um, I suppose I suppose you know we can't do an interview without talking about what happened at Wigan Um, you know you dislocated your kneecap and I'm sure it's it's that that really led to your announcement today of your retirement. Um, it, has it been a long slog? I mean, obviously, it's well reported about you dislocated your knee. Um, did did different doctors give you different hope over the year? Because it's been a long time since that dislocation to today's announcement. Yeah, it's been. I think uh, receiving an injury or having an injury is probably the most difficult thing to deal with and being a footballer, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's so many positives, there's nothing better than going out there and doing what you love every day and, and waking up, going into work to to play football, uh, but having to deal with injuries is, is very difficult and uh, from a young age I was, was a bit unfortunate that I always had to, to sort of deal with a bit of an injury, I always had to do the extra gym sessions and the extra work to the physio and there would be days where I wouldn't be able to go out on the training pitch. I maybe have to have an extra recovery or I was struggling a little bit. And it was, it was frustrating at times, especially when you see your mates outside training every day and, and loving being out on the pitch and you're stuck inside in the gym on a bike. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very thankful and, and glad that I, I got a taste of what it was like to be a footballer and I had a, an opportunity to go out there and, and play some games. Yeah, and you know, I guess you know what's meant to be is meant to be. You know, you're not the first player to to suffer injury, and and a lot of them wouldn't wouldn't have recovered from certain injuries and go on. So you've got to be grateful for the, you know, and hopefully this career can go on. As I say, you know, hopefully it's the start of a coaching career. I know you've got a soccer school, um, and, and we're talking about the journalism lately. <laughs> later, that I, I know you're doing. The last thing I want to talk about your West Ham. I mean that, that emotional cup tie against Millwall. Um, obviously, sad passing of your, your father. Do you remember that that game and and the, the, the emotions? I mean, obviously, it ended in a, a pitch evasion and and some trouble. But that that seems that singled you out uh, as a player where everybody felt your pain and and the bravery of you to to, to carry on in that match. I think I think that that night in particular will live with me for the rest. It really was a a special night and a, a strange night in, in many um, obviously to, to lose my dad at such a young age was, was difficult to deal with but I made the decision to play a couple of days later because um, I, I know my, my old man would have been at the game shouting abuse <laughs> probably probably causing trouble with his dad for that but cause he loved being out there so I made the decision to play and 
um, the support I received that night was was amazing, to be honest. Um, and I know the game will be remembered for for various other reasons, you know, maybe the pitch invasion or the trouble before. But for me, that that was a night that the, the football family, the West Ham family, really come together. They united and and helped to guide me through probably one of the most difficult 90 minutes of my life. Um, and I think you can see the emotion it, it got to me at the end. And as I went around the pitch trying to thank me, but I just couldn't hold back the tears. I, I wanted to cry throughout the whole game, but them lot kept me down that night. And I think yeah, that, and that I, I think a number of fans w- were joining you, and you know, in in that sorrow because it it was it was very emotional. And obviously, you wrote your letter uh, as well when you left the the club, and and that, that sort of singled out. Um, I think a number of other West Ham players have followed your lead now with Carlton Cole being one and a few yeah. others now since you've done that. Yeah, no, uh, as a, it, it's, it's difficult. I think sometimes nowadays um, a player's relationship sometimes isn't always as close to the fans as it should be, but I was fortunate. I, I come through the youth system and the reserves and, and made my way into the first team, so I always had a, a special bond with them. Because I, I think West Ham fans in particular enjoy seeing one of their own come through and, and making that breakthrough and, and having a positive influence on the pitch. And at times they're, they're possibly a little bit lenient when I when I was out there playing badly or whatever. Maybe they gave me a little bit more leeway. But I think for me, I just wanted to to write it. I always write down my feelings. I just wanted to let them know that how how it made me feel and how important that support was. And, and I really appreciated it, and I still do to this day. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a West Ham fan or a Peterborough fan, or I don't know, you're born in Watford, a Watford fan, or it yeah. doesn't work like that in football? I think I think the West Ham results always always a result that I look for first. Um, obviously, being in and around Peterborough day in day out, I'm, I'm nine times out of ten at the game, so I know what's going on there. But as soon as I switch on, I, I look for the West Ham result. Um, Obviously, because of my relationship there, and I've still got a few, few of my good friends are still playing there, like James Thompson and Mark Noble and James Collins, the players I've played with for years. So obviously, I want my friends to do well, and as much as possible, I want my fans to do well. And it really is an exciting time now. Obviously, going into the new stadium, they've got a great squad, and and they've got one hell of a manager. Does that mean we'll be seeing more of you at the Olympic Stadium? Get, get yeah. yourself a season ticket? Yeah, I'll be able to get down there a bit, a bit more regularly now, I'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting. And, and I hope I can get down there and, and support the boys and, and watch them take that step into the new era. Yeah, well, let, let's hope so, because it's, you know, talking of that, of course, um, you're one of the many players who signed up for uh, Mark Noble's testimonial. Yeah, that was, a, that was a nice touch from those. I was, I was excited when I got the text. And, uh, luckily, I can just about get out there. To, to, I was <laughs> going to be my question. Will, will your knee hold up? How long can you play for? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll, be, I'll, I'll get out there. Where you'd have to, have to grab my, me off the pitch, I think. Mind you, he signed up about 30 players. So you're going to get oh, about no, five minutes yeah, each. There's a, there's a few crocs in there, isn't there? But no, it, it's going to be an amazing event, obviously, the last season at the bowling. And, what better way to, to honour one of the one of one of the best servants that West Ham have had in, in the modern era. I mean, Noj has been fantastic. He's played under probably about 
seven or eight managers now, and he's always been a regular, and even more so this season. After his goal today, I think it shows that he's in good form, and who knows yeah, if we can no, give him that little goal. push, that little goal. push over the line. He might even, uh, he might even get an England call before long. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? If he doesn't get called up for England, he might clash. It, oh, I know. He might clash. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm sure yeah. He might have to not turn up to his own testimony. I'm sure they no, no, he was always good to me as a youngster coming through. He'd been there and done it, and, and he looked after me, and I'm forever grateful for that. And yeah. Do you think he should be called up for England if you I were England manager? I think it's a no-brainer, no yeah. especially the, the ground and the type of football West Ham is playing at the moment. I think he could, could slot in there very easily. Um, considering midfield a, a very competitive place to try and get in with the emergence of the likes of Delhi Alley and Ross Barkley, but I think those have shown that he can hold his up at any level and the amount of games he's played and the way he's driving West Ham forward at the moment, if he doesn't get a call up, there's, there's something different going on there. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the next Mark Noble, um, Mr. Samuelson at Peterborough. I would imagine you get to look wow. at him. Yeah, um, Barry Fry player. told us, <laughs> Barry Bazza told us. That uh, give him to us for a season, we make him a man, and we give him give him back to you a twenty million pound player. Is, is Barry going <laughs> off on one or? Oh, well, I, I think I think for Martin, I think, I think obviously we we played uh, West Ham for a pre-season, and Martin played, and he was he was tremendous that day. And I, I, ever since then, I know not just me, a lot of people have sort of been looking out for him. And, and when we heard he was coming on loan to the Porsche. And he'd come into training, and I think we saw what a good player he was. His balance, his footwork, the way he goes past people is just unbelievable. And obviously, over the years, there's been lots of players who can do that in training. But he's gone out there, he's putting some great performances. And then Wednesday night, I think he showed the rest of the world that, right, I'm here, I've, I've arrived now. I, I'm not here to play about anymore. Um, and well, what performance and even more important is against uh, Premier League opposition in yeah, West Brom. So, yeah, I mean, he, I think he did himself a lot of favours there to show how, how good he could be. People even mentioned him in the same breath as Payet and sort of said, you know, one day he could be good as Payet. I mean, maybe that's a bit far-fetched, but um, it, it's, uh, it was certainly a big showcase for him. Oh, no, it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was a, a big stage and, and he delivered and I think he's very fortunate that he's come to a club like Peterborough because from what you saw the other night, they, they try and play football in the right way. He's getting well looked after, well protected by the coach and staff. And, and hopefully they'll get an opportunity now between now and the end of the season to, to play another 15, 20 so games and, and hopefully help Peterborough push for that promotion that they're, they're yeah. after. Do you think he can make it at the top? I know, obviously, Man City released him. Uh, only for West Ham to to uh, snap him up. Do you think he can make it I, big in the Premier League? I don't see any reason why not. He's 18 years of age, and for a player of any age to go and play like that, like he did on Wednesday night, um, I think he's got a big future ahead. Um, not only is he a good player, he's got a great attitude. He, he works hard. He, he wants to be out there playing football every day. Um, settled in really well which could be tricky for, for a young lad going anywhere online and, and more importantly he's a nice fellow he always comes and says hello he, the people like him and 
and I think everyone wants him to do well because he's such a nice brother. Yeah, well, let, let's hope so. And we're going to hold Barry to his twenty million pound. Yeah, be of course he'd be up for a cut. You know, Barry. <laughs> anyway, in that game, wasn't was that game you were the pundit? I can't remember. I know you got a lot of plaudits yeah. from from your first punditry. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something I'm looking, looking towards more now. Um, I did a way from football last season and. Decided to keep busy, so I started a journalism degree and in sports writing and broadcasting, which uh, which has been really good. It's, it's been hard at times, but it's given me the opportunity to to see what football's like on the other side, whether it's in front of the camera or or in a radio station or, or writing. And it's something coming and and looking to to pursue further. So what, is that what you want to do? A bit of bit of Sky, a bit of BT, a bit of BBC, yeah, think, a bit of think, sports I writing? Think, I think there's nothing better than being in and around the world of football, and whether that's coaching, obviously won't be playing them anymore, or or going to watch games and, and trying to work on it. It's, it's something that I'd love to do, and hopefully I'll keep improving and, and getting better, and opportunities are there, then I'm more than willing to try and take them. And what's what's the situation with your soccer score? I know that's something you started up a year or two ago. What's, yeah, just, what's just coming up the year anniversary is another thing. I, I set it up while I was that year away from football, and I'm looking to try and give back, um, especially to the, the local area where I grew up mainly in Bedfordshire. There's not really loads of opportunities for the kids around there to to get them get that, them big opportunities. But I mean, we got. Uh, Lots of players come down and visit as guests. Um, Jordan Spence, Edward uh, Paul down there. We had quite a few, which is obviously great for the local kids. And more importantly, they're getting the opportunity to go out there and play football and, and hopefully receive some great coaching. <laughs> so it, it's been really good fun. And, and watching it grow and flourish has, has given me a real, real pride. And 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 finally, obviously, you're, I, I read you're, you're going for your coaching. Which coaching badge are you going for um, in the I'm summer? Starting, yeah, I'm starting my A course in May. I've, I've done my B now. Um, I'm cracking on with the youth modules, and I'll be starting my A licence. And I think whatever I try and do, I, I'm ambitious. I, I want to be the best I can be at whatever I try. Even if it's a game of Monopoly, I, I want to win. Um, so in terms of so which coaching, way? Peter, manager... West Ham manager, England manager, pick up the World Cup. <laughs> no, we're getting, we're getting a, bit, a bit ahead of ourselves, aren't we? But I'm, I'm <laughs> taking it one step at a time, and it's something I'm thoroughly enjoying, and I'm really enjoying learning more about it, and, and hopefully one day, whether it's a, a few years away or 10 years away, I, I would like to, to manage at some level. We just have to see if I'm any good at it at first. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure whatever you put your mind to, well, Jack, on behalf of all West Ham fans, I want to really thank you for your time at West Ham. Uh, you know, it's a sad day, but maybe it's the start of something special in your coaching career and your journalism. Um, I know you'll always get a, a warm welcome back at the bowling ground in our last season, and you'll be, obviously get a, a tremendous welcome at the, the Olympic Stadium if you ever come to watch us or, or come as a guest. Uh, I think they owe you that, at least. Um, and uh, yeah, all the best for the future. Thanks for being a, a guest on more than just a podcast in, in association with Clarence Hughes. And yeah, hope to catch up with you soon when when you get your first management gig. <laughs> no, Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Cheers, Jack. Bye. Cheers. Bye. There you go. Thank you, Jack, for that.
Clarence Jack. interview, very good interview as well. And uh, all the best in your coaching and your media career, which is yeah. quite exciting. Pundit, you can't be any worse than uh, I quite like to take Mark Lauro. the uh, sports journalism degree that he's doing. You'd like to do that, yeah, would you? I think so. Yeah. Well, I'll get him to send you the details. That'd be I? great. Yeah, yeah. that'd be <laughs> okay. Or just any tips. Yeah, okay. Uh, more just podcast fantasy league update. Uh, Alan Spiller is first on 1,518 points. One point ahead of Dan England in second. And Sandeep Subamani is third. Sean, you're 137th. Up to. I am 176th. Down one. And David Lawrence is in 207th place, which is last place. Oh. Uh, John, how's your fantasy team going? This is going as well as the day I started. <laughs> I can't believe you're not doing one on the last season <laughs> of the bowling ground. I'm more I concentrated. I mean, it's only at this bowling ground for one more season, and you can do a fancy league team. I'm just more concentrated on just attending the game, Sean. It's, it's been the focus, my main focus of this whole season. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, we've been there 112 years, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, we've only been going since about <laughs> 1984 or something. I know, I know. I'm getting a bit bored of it lately. What, well, of, of the burning of ground? Oh, concrete, yeah. The <laughs> shithole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's time for <laughs> this. You're so, so wrong. Yes, it's Facebook Twitter question time. And that's where we asked you, the listener, to get in touch with us, the podcast, uh, via Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast, or via Twitter, which is at more TGA podcast. Facebook like update, we are on 373, which means we've gained two since we've uh, last, last done it. Wow, well, so we're real Thanks, rock guys. and rolling on the Facebook group. And uh, those eagle-eyed amongst you, or eagle-eared, We'll see, that was the old um, Facebook to the question time jingle. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. Right. yeah. What's that? I just couldn't find the other one. A little <laughs> bit of nostalgia. <laughs> I couldn't find the other one, so I'll probably return next week. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted saying, and you Facebook tweet, posted. You posted. Podcast tonight at 7.30 with a big interview with Jack Collison following the announcement I was retiring from football on Saturday. What is your favourite memory of Jack in a West Ham shirt and predictions for Blackburn as well, please? And anything else you want us to say? Uh, and well done for posting that. It's, it's good Thanks, that you're Sean. back and Thank involved you. in the podcast again. I try. Yeah. And you did the editing as well. Well done. It's all good right. prep yeah. today. Well Thanks. Done. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Matt High says, his two goals in the playoff semi-final against Cardiff or his 25-yard screamer against Leicester in 2012? I think Play playoff off. goals for Play me, goals for me yeah. as well. Uh, great player gave us all for the club. Hope he has a long, successful co- coaching career. He deserves it. Maybe a position in the coaching staff under Slavin in the future would be nice too. It would be. Uh, Ed Hughes says, when we beat Millwall 3-1 in the cup, I think you talk about this on the interview, Sean. Yeah. Uh, after the death of his dad. Yeah, two days before. I can remember thinking how much of a shift he put in and how brave he was. A career cut short. I hope he does well with his coaching career. And Ed thinks we'll scrape a 2-1 win away at Blackburn. A cold February afternoon in the wastelands of Lancashire against a clogging championship side doesn't go well for us. Don't expect it to be pretty. Oh yeah, I hope we grind out a win. Lewis John Trout says, I was behind the goal when he scored the winner versus City and it's because of him I managed to meet my hero Stuart Slater and Ludo in the Players' Lounge. Top bloke. 
You could tell from the injury he sustained against Wigan that it was a bad one. Gutted for him. Lewis John is going for one all against Blackburn. One he all. says Byram's going to score a goal, but Byram's cup tied, so he won't be playing. Yeah, he is. Uh, Palumi Ogunlana says 4-1 to West Ham, a brace with Valencia and goals for Cresswell and Song and Obiang. Obiang's playing well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's Alex McFarlane says, welcome back, everyone. Oh, thanks. Thanks, thanks Alex. Thanks, Alex. Now we're back in the country. Now <laughs> we're back in the country. Well, you never left. Darren Kitchen says, I'm sad for Jack. He had an eye for goal and a genuine love for the club. Playing on after his father was killed was an incredible display of professionalism, a credit to our club. I hope he does well with whatever the future holds. I hope we turn up in the first half against Blackburn and I hope someone can hypnotise Dimitri and pretend it's a home game. He's becoming rather Decanio-esque in that regard, he thinks. I noticed that. You'd notice that. I haven't noticed no, I mean that. that he, he scored um, and got an assist. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> scored a world at Bournemouth and got an assist. At yeah. but, you know. uh, he thinks 3-1 to the Irons and we're called final bound. And then... then all right, we're off that in a minute. Gary Prince says, can you talk about the bowling ground tours? I've put this up for April. Also, any updates on the last game's plans? How on earth are they going to stop a pitch invasion and people taking their seats home? So, yes, John, you and I went on the Farewell Bowling Ground Tour yesterday. We had fun. It was really good. So I would fun. recommend it. If you still can get on it, I would recommend it. It's very informative, very interesting, and very nostalgic. He, We didn't get much insight as to what the last game plans were, but he did mention Michael, the guy was. Yeah, He was very good, the tour guide. He was very good. Uh, he said that there's a good chance that if Man United or ourselves carry on our cup run, that Man United will be the last game at home on a Monday, Monday night. night. So that would be disappointing in some ways, but he seemed to think it would be a fitting send-off. He also said that there's at least three fixtures booked in for after the last game of the season. And there will be great security on the last day to try and stop you removing... The seats yeah, and getting so on the pitch. Extra people well, they, watching they've cameras. They've sold out for over three thousand pounds per um, hire um, to Great Ormond Street, uh, a number of charities, and you know, play your last time in the bowling. So some of them are booked in in May after the last game, so they won't want the pitch dug up. Or no, that's what he no, said. That's what he said. Yeah, but I'm just saying which ones they are. But he and did. He did say that. They will and they will threaten life bans. Yeah, and they will sell off your seat they to you. They are selling you. off the seat, yeah. Or they will sell them off. He said they'd be auctioning them, which I, I'd like. Yeah, Sean, can, can you can ask you your source at the club yeah. if season ticket holders will have first refusal of their seats their that they seat. own now? And can we not just, can we not, could we not just say, all right, it's, they, 20, they it's, it's 20 quid for your seat. If you give us the money now, we will send you that when we're done. Could uh, they not? This question has been asked before. And the Saucer Club said, we'll see what we can do, but logistically that may be very difficult. Why? Why? Because they have the details of who sits in that because seat. Because the admin of going out and unscrewing that one seat and then selling that one seat in is is probably, by the time you'd have to do that, it I'll would do price it. I'll out. do it if he wants. Just no, but you understand, right? You go in, we're in a seat, right, this person's bought this seat. Right, I've got to walk around, get it, take it off, Package it, sell it. Logistics of that. Not really. Well, they're going to have to take them all out. Anyway. And you want to really. buy it for 20 quid. It would cost 20 quid in admin to walk to the seat. Or <laughs> I, I should get it for nothing. I paid for it for the last now, 20 now years. Now, that's something I agree with, by the way. 
that that people who should be allowed to take it season ticket holders should be able to get their seat for free. Uh, how many? How much should we pay for that seat for? How many years? But it, logistically, it's not that hard, is it? All you I'm get, telling you, you is get twenty. A you get twenty people. It will be very difficult to do. And another exclusive I'll tell you is they ain't going to shut the gates for the Bobby Moore thing as well. The what? You know the thing we talked about, shutting the gates to have wreaths and flowers on the, the Sunderland, just before Sunderland came on the anniversary of Bobby Moore's death. All right. And their thinking behind it is they want to celebrate Bobby Moore's and remember Bobby Moore and not make it a sombre or um, occasion about well, I, I would suggest to the club that if they don't facilitate some way to legitimise as people taking their seats that they own that, that they feel that they already paid for and are willing to pay It'll something for it and you will be regarded as a common thief job I would suggest that some people you would be a will a just robber. take them anyway you'll be a robber <laughs> you'll be a and, robber and some people <laughs> I reckon some people just take shoplifter. any seat Cops from anywhere so just because someone might nick my seat I might not take that seat John can I ask you one question what's that Sean do you want a criminal record at 50 years of age no by the time it comes to it I won't be 50 so it'll be fine no. <laughs> All right, at 49 I, I, I wouldn't age. dream of stealing anything, Sean, you know okay, that. But if good. someone was to steal my seat and then I get a letter through the door saying that you've stolen that seat, I ain't not going to act too kindly to that. Yeah. What size spanner? <laughs> it's about a 12 mil. Right? I thought it was a 10 mil. I mean, it's about 12. It's a 12, is it? Right. I, okay. I do tend to get to the bottom of that. Okay. Uh, there was also something... I can't remember if he told us we could say it or not, so I'm going to say anyway, that there was an England versus Germany match being planned. Have you heard about this? No. Have you Ooh, not? This is another exclusive, isn't it? Did he say, don't mention it? Mm. He did. <laughs> did he? Excellent. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Do you know I'm going to say it now. It doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Um, England, versus Ge England 11 versus Germany 11. I to don't know what that means, who would be playing, but to commemorate the... Of West Ham winning the World West Cup. West Ham winning the World Cup. It's like 60 years or. When's that, when that going to play? In between the last game of the season and the shutting of the ground. Oh, really? He also said that he's got. He's out of a job. Yeah, and he's got. Who was it showing you around? Guy called Michael. Oh, I don't know. He's got. A, yeah, he's got to apply for reapply for his job. Yeah. Well, same with uh, guessing our that friend of the podcast, um, Leon Hyde, still hasn't heard whether he will get his DJ gig. Um, at the new ground either. Oh, there's one other thing that it's been reported. You know it's going to be a film set. You'll love this. They're yeah, doing to do a film. Die Hard in the football stadium. With 35,000 people get taken ransom by terrorists. And that's going to be filmed after the last game in the, in the uh, bowling ground. I don't know if they're going to blow it up as well. Be forever immortal. And why did they agree to that? Money... Well, I'd like the world go around the world go around. I'd like you to uh, <coughs> get to the bottom of the old uh, bottom of the seat thing. Bottom please. of the seat, well, please. I can Sean. tell you now. Logisti I've been told logistically it will be very difficult to sell people their own seats. End of. Can you ask again? Okay, yeah. I'll ask to again. say look. Can you say there's a there's a strength of feeling that people are entitled to these seats. So, okay, I will ask the question again. If you wouldn't mind. 
Thank you. Anyway, Thanks, Sean. We're probably droning on now. Thank you, Sean. Danke, Sean. Uh, I'm just going to quickly check Twitter. Yeah, we probably are droning on. It's quite a long podcast. Podcast. Uh, nothing on Twitter. Quickly, predictions for Blackburn, please, guys. 3 1 West Ham, I think. 1 0 West Ham. 2 0. Lanzini. To the mighty Hammers. Lanzini come coming on. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Is Lanzini likely to be back for the cup? Lanzini, um, yes. He, he, he'd probably be on the bench, though. And another week after that for Sacco. Cool. Well, that's it for morning's podcast. It's podcast? a long one this evening, but we've had uh, a couple of games to catch up on and the Colossus interview. hope everyone's enjoyed it. Yeah, We'll be back, won't we? We'll be next back next week, week yeah. To talk about Blackburn. Talk about being in the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And one hey. thing I'd like to ask you before we go. Yes. I'll just put a poser out there. The game afterwards. Sam, to boo or to clap? On his Neither. return to the bowling. Just sing that we're deluded. Just sing. We're all deluded and we talk bollocks. I won't boo the well, man. Well, why not clap the man? Why not welcome him back and say, we like what you did. I won't Sam's teams do not go down. I will not boo the man, but... Sam's team do not go, go down. down. Sam's team. Thank you for listening to one podcast. Podcasts! Bye. Come on, you irons! Go on, you irons. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.